Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to Trolled, the podcast that takes your online Twitter experience of being trolled and turns it into something positive, exciting, enhancing, empowering and ultimately moving but hopefully funny. My guest today is the brilliant David Lionel Badil, a man of many talents. David, the point of this uh, the, this whole um, podcast is called Trolled, and um, it, it's really about Twitter and uh, social media and uh, just how we deal with it. And so first question to you is, well, you got me on Twitter in 2009. How did you get on Twitter? Um, well, I... Um, was it 2009? Well, I, we were doing The Infidel. I was in your film, The Infidel. Yeah. And I remember being on set, and you and Omid and David Schneider yeah. said to me, you've got to get on this thing. <laughs> Tweet about The Infidel. And I was like, well, well, I can't even send an email. And you literally signed me up onto Twitter. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> it was India Knight, uh, the journalist, the lovely woman who got me on it. And it's interesting, uh, I think, uh, because in 2009, she said to me, You've got to do this thing. It's marvellous. It's like a cocktail party, she said. Uh, not something I really knew about, except in Ronnie and Corbett, you know, in, in two Ronnie's sketches. Like, I don't think I've ever been to a cocktail party, <laughs> except ones I've seen them doing, like, with jokes about Hendon. Um, so uh, she said, it's like a cocktail party. It's all your loveliest friends, all the people you like to talk to. You know, they're all there. It's like that. Which it was for about three minutes. Uh, I, I think it was a bit longer. Well, maybe longer than that, but not for, for about a month. It was lovely, and it did seem to be, oh, there's all these nice people on it, and they're all talking nicely, and they're all bigging each other up, and it's a very positive space. And, and then, of course, it, it, it changed. So I'd like to, I, you know, if you were to ask me, when did you notice it changing, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I have. I used to follow you, and uh, I remember it being full of all the witty, funny people, of which you were one of yourself. And you could get all this lovely, witty, funny banter. You'd be watching television with David Baddiel or Indian Night, and we'd all be tweeting each other. It was like a funny village, mm. and there were a lot of female voices on as well. Mm. I remember, and think mm. everybody was saying, "Wow, this is the new mm. empowerment." And mm. You and Stephen Fry having an open conversation. Mm. Those were the good days, weren't they? Well, I don't think they're completely over, and I think you know neither of us would still be on the platform if it was just completely shit. Uh, and perhaps we'll come to the, the upside of it. I, mean, I'm do, I should say straight away, uh, I am doing a show 
uh, this hasn't stopped me coming on your slightly overlapping podcast. Uh, I, but as you know, I, I do these one-man shows now, and I've done one called Fame, Not the Musical, and then I did one called My Family, Not the Sitcom, and my new one, which I'm work in progress at the moment, is called Trolls, Not the Dolls, and is about specifically my uh, experience battling or engaging with trolls. But also, I kind of think it's also about the way we live now, the way that identity is created now through anger and through outrage and through taking up very, very polarised positions is sort of infects the whole uh, of society to the point that, you know, a troll is president of the United States. You know, that's what he is. You know, it's no question that not just because he uses Twitter like a troll, he is generally a troll. The way he speaks, the positions he takes, it's all, all the extremeness mm-hmm. of it comes from there. And How so, would you define a troll? Uh, well... I would define a troll primarily as uh, in terms of abuse. And I don't mean that necessarily in terms of, like, you know, a specific type of abuse. So it doesn't have to be the sacred cows of abuse. It doesn't have to be racist abuse or misogynistic abuse. Basically, it's just someone who, uh, either unprovoked, uh, which is probably the classical troll, or in a very extreme, aggressive response to something that you have said on social media, decides to slag you off in a sort of disproportionate and extreme way. So actually in my show I break them down into a number of different types and the classical type are what I call the one word trolls. So I'll give you a quick example. I don't want to do too much material from that show. But they often involve the destruction of niceness. Um, I mean, it's more, co- it's, more, it's more complicated when it's you've done a joke and it's a heckler, and there's definitely a relationship between a troll and a heckler, and that is partly why I spend a lot of time putting them down, and we'll come to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. But as an example of niceness being destroyed, I write children's books, mm-hmm. um, and I get quite a lot of parents coming up to me or sending me pictures, but in this case coming up to me in the street and saying, oh, my children read your books, can we have a selfie with them? So I was in Cornwall like, like to increase the niceness. I was on holiday in a lovely village in Cornwall. My wife is from Cornwall. Uh, it was a nice day, <laughs> and this woman came up to me with her two children who were like 9 and 11 girls, said, can they have a picture with you? I said, yes, of course. Then she tweeted the picture. I said, here's, here's the picture of you. My fa- you know, they were huge fans of your books. And I retweeted it and said, it's an absolute pleasure, despite the, you know, whatever. And I actually said, because it wasn't a nice day. I've, I've, I've got that wrong. See, this is my truth thing. I have to get it absolutely right. It was a slightly grey day. So that was the only... So I said, it's an absolute pleasure to have the photo taken, despite the English summer sky, blah, blah, blah. And someone underneath that wrote, nonce. <laughs> <laughs> And and that's funny. It's definitely funny. There's no doubt it's funny. And and quite often trolls are funny. All right. But what I think about that is I don't think that he was trying to be funny. I think that what he is normally a he, not always, Mm -hmm. uh, but 70%, I'd say it's a he, is... It was called Mourinho Inn, at Mourinho Inn. Oh, uh, he's done me loads oh, of time. Oh, has he? Right. I'm a nonce too. All uh, right. Oh, you're yeah. a nonce too. Well, all right. So maybe that's one of his catchphrases. But at Mourinho Inn, he hasn't got a lot of time in, for niceness in no. his life. He wants it out of his life as quickly as possible. So one word will do, you know, and then he'll just like, that's it, nonce, right? And, and I get quite a lot of those. I've noticed moron, slag, you know, whatever it might be, <laughs> you know, bore. You know, what, they're, they're, they're this sort of thing like, oh, we don't have time to like really deal with the fact that we hate you. Sorry, Well, I get—I don't get that as often. I will come to that. Shill, 
Oh, Tory, Blair Tory, Blair Tory, racist Tory, hashtag racist Tory. Yeah. I get, I get that quite a lot. Centrist, definitely. Uh, Jew, I get quite Don't a lot. Get. I still get Jew yeah. quite a lot from all sides. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's more, really old school, that isn't it? It is, yeah. it is old school. Well, the other day, uh, I got someone saying, "What was it?" I put up, again. It's it's kind of interesting when there's children involved uh, because I say I think it draws your eye and your ear if you like to the extremity of it. But I put up. A photo of me and my son. We'd gone to see the kid who would be king. Um, And Ezra, my son, who's 14, is now the same height as me and very cool um, and very funny. Ezra is very funny. I mean, Ezra trolls me all the time. In fact, he actually trolled me the other day. I mean, he trolls me in real life in the sense that everything I do, he slags off. I mean, literally everything. Uh, The other day he said to me, Dad, what does it feel like to know that you'll probably be dead before Brexit is sorted out? Like, uh, over breakfast, I think about that. You know, he's not wrong, but also it's a point about how old I am that he's he's trying to make. Um, And he did troll me the other day because I sometimes use Instagram, which I don't know how much you're about. I didn't see you as an Instagram person. Well, I'm not really, but I got sort of convinced to put something on it the other and I've got like 6,000 followers on Instagram so it's a bit pathetic yeah. and it's not for me really it's it's, for, it's, for, it's models, for models it's for models who are doing the fire festival exactly, that's exactly that, what I was going to say it's the 250,000 uh, yeah. pounds of no, picture no, no, you're clearly in. it's not for me but I somehow rather have an Instagram account <laughs> uh, and uh, one of the things I do on my Instagram account is I don't bother to put as good jokes yeah. because it's not really a comedy space no. I've noticed you can't really there's like, no nuances there's no, well and also it's just not physically set up as well like one of the great things about Twitter is caption jokes like you can put a picture on Twitter and a caption and it reads brilliantly it draws the eye straight away to the gag and, and I've used that a lot and I think that's a really good thing mm-hmm. on Instagram the picture's too big and the writing's too small so I put <laughs> shit jokes on there and a lot of them don't read they don't read and what they don't read they just look at the picture right? so I, I'd never have put this on on, on Twitter, I just thought I'll pop it on Instagram because it's not very funny. So uh, when we were in Cornwall uh, recently, I, I took a picture of a beaten up old boat that I saw on a beach, and I said, and on Instagram I said, bit disappointed with my new super yacht. Again, I mean it's Ivor Baddiel level. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> right. Sorry, Ivor. Um, yeah, right. um, and, uh, and Ezra. Ezra, underneath it, Ezra at Ezra BB, went, ha, 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 great one, Dad. <laughs> That's straightforward trolling, isn't it? Yes. That's straightforward trolling yeah. from Ezra. So anyway, to come back to the Jew thing, uh, I was at the Kiddie Would Be King, which is Joe Cornish's mm-hmm. new movie, and I went with Ezra, and there were pictures in the papers of me and Ezra, Ezra looking unbelievably cool in a tracksuit and handsome and all that shit, and me looking grey and fat and smiling too much and whatever. Uh, and I said on Twitter, again, actually not a great joke, but just sort of slightly sweet thing, I think. I said, me and Ezra at the Kitty Would Be King, one of us is looking really cool, if only I could work out which one. And someone just wrote underneath it, it's not you, Jew. <laughs> I thought, it's sort of extraordinary, isn't it? It's sort of amazing. So obviously, I retweeted that, you see. I retweeted that. Uh, that and I can't remember what I said in response, but I you know, made a joke about it, which is again we need to come to which is my my way of dealing with it mm. which let's come to it let's I mean, come I've to a, it I've got a couple of questions right, okay. first of all do you remember the first time you got trolled and for why no I can't remember um, when did the alright I can't remember the first time I realised that Twitter was an unstable space um, I was on um, this week that programme with Andrew Neil, and I said something disparaging, I can't remember what it was, I think, about Diane Abbott, who'd had a go at me. 
uh, all while I've been on that program had been really quite aggressive to me. With her, you'd been on with her. Yeah, it was before she was back in the shadow cabinet. Yes. She was just on this week, and she'd had a go at me slightly unprovoked about this little stupid film I'd done for them. You know, when you're on that show, yeah, yeah. it's something you do slightly embarrassing little films, uh, and. I know it can't. This was ages ago, and I can't even remember what I said about. Her, but I said something slightly disparaging about her, um, and it led to suddenly, and I'd never really noticed it before. Loads and loads of people having a go at me, and now I, you know, I, I know how that works. Mm. But at the time, it was quite shocking. I thought, where are all these people coming from? When's it going to stop? Blah blah blah. And uh, that was probably the first time I thought, oh, I see. You have to be a bit careful what you say on here. So that's interesting because uh, a lot of the people that are coming on the programme have taken a strong political view on something. Mm. Um, you know, Graham, Graham Linehan's coming on. Or mm, that'll be, on that'll be interesting. Very, really interesting, you know, with the transgender stuff. I, um, and we all, you know, I stuck my head above the parapet mainly because of you, because uh, you have been very inspiring and brave. Thank you. Um, often it's uh, agenda-driven or because you stuck your head up to talk about politics, but this sounded like it was often I look at them and they're attacking you just for you. Well, yeah, that's definitely the case. I mean, it's un- in my show that I do about trolls that I'm developing, one of the things I think about quite a lot is, because like the family show was, like, seemed to be unbelievably relatable for people. Yeah. A lot of people would come up to me afterwards and say, oh, I've got similar family, blah, blah, blah. But actually, this show isn't the same insofar as it's trying to talk about something that I think is important mm-hmm. and that I think is affecting the world. But actually, you kind of have to be pretty visible to get the level of trolling that I get. You know, Tell you me can't, about the you, level of trolling you get. What do you mean? Well, I mean, you you have to have a lot of followers mm-hmm. and you have to, uh, to some extent, have people have an idea that they think they know who you are already. The people who don't like you, that's part of what they do, is like, you know, they will slag you off on the basis that they think you are this, that or the other, and that will be, to some extent, the prerogative of someone who is already well-known, because Erica Young said, the more famous you are, the more people will get you wrong. Right. And so one of the things you're constantly having to deal with, and you are as well on mm-hmm. social media, is people who assume they know what you think <laughs> and will attack you on the basis that they've assumed that. I mean, I get that a lot with Israel. Well, I, uh, well, I was going to say, ours is slightly different, because I was absolutely fine as ex, you know, ex-Eastenders and sort of yeah. like benign actor, just having a nice time on Twitter with my whatever number of followers. It was when I started to speak out on anti-Semitism yes. on the left, and, and things I found abhorrent, the tropes, and that's when the hate started. Yes. But I, did, did you, because I notice as a man I know who has very strong views on Israel and who in no way could be called a Zionist, the level, when you started to speak out about anti-Semitism, mm. which is separate to mm. anti-Zionism, mm. what made you do it? Well, what made me do it initially was probably nothing to do with the left. I mean, I had been writing, I mean, it's a weird thing in a way, because it feels like it's parallel, but it probably isn't quite. Um, I, I wrote a piece in 2011 um, for the Daily Telegraph. I was on Twitter by then, but I, it wasn't such a big deal. Called, um, uh, it was about um, how anti Semitism entered the zeitgeist, and it was about a sort of new fashionability yeah. of anti Semitism. And it was around about the time Galliano had said that anti Semitic thing, and then there was a couple of other things knocking about at the same time. Uh, that famous people had said, uh, Charlie Sheen had said something anti-Semitic and blah, blah, blah. And I wrote this piece, and and to some extent it was about how um, that, the thing that I've banged on a lot since, which is that the weird specific racism offered to Jews, as it were, creates uh, a sort of fashionability to anti-Semitism in an era of identity politics, because if you define yourself against 
the man against the forces that you see as elite in control mm-hmm. because Jews are the only race who get a specific double-edged racism whereby they are both high and low status so we are both <laughs> vermin and in control of the world and, yeah. no, and no other race has that yeah. that means you can get people and and he was doing it Galliano he was saying you know you Jews are this that and the other you're in control blah 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 underneath the video I pointed out uh, underneath the video of him saying that there's someone saying oh the problem with the Jews is you're not allowed to say anything about them but one day we will rise up against them and no other race will get that you won't see that said about black people or about brown people or whatever only that thing of like so I, I, uh, my point was this creates a particular opportunity bad opportunity toxic opportunity for politics of oppression of rebellion to see the Jews as the enemy uh, but I think initially it was a melange of old-style right-wing neo-Nazi people and conspiracy theorists and whatever who I noticed coming at me for being Jewish. And it was kind of shocking and awful, but expected, I suppose. Once, If you expect that those people are going to come out the woodwork, then mm. you expect them. So when you write David Baddiel Jew as your Twitter mm. handle, did you know that by putting the word Jew under your picture that that would incite some level of reaction? I didn't know it, but it didn't surprise me when it did. Mm. And, you know, occasionally I do get people racist sort of saying, you know, oh, why have you said that? And, you know, <laughs> there's a Jeremy Corbyn supporter in my show who says, is that all you are? No other achievements in your life, she says, uh, Angela. You know, uh, and then and she says she says something like, uh, no other achievements in your life. Oh, well, I've seen you perform, brackets, woeful, right? Yeah, just stick with you, right? She says, I know, it's, fa- it's, it's fantastic, right? It's fantastic, but um, I, it is funny, Mm. primarily I just think it's funny I've always thought the word is funny it's a funny word it's a funny yeah. thing to call yourself one of the things my son does when he's trolling me is call he calls me Jew all all the time mm-hmm. uh, but also it's defiant it's saying I reclaim know, the word for well, and, well and I'm not going to be ashamed of yeah. it and the fact that there is this weird thing that Jew seems to be an insult as opposed to Jewish person mm-hmm. and you'll find that Gentiles who are trying to be nice will say Jewish, but won't say Jew. I always think, no, no, say Jew, you know, because otherwise what you're doing is sort of admitting that the word is complex and difficult, and in a way, that's what you have to that's what you have to face, you know. And it's only three letters, so it's only three letters, letters, so it doesn't take very long. Uh, So anyway, I noticed all that, and then when Corbyn got the leadership, and when I um, noticed that there was this extra thing going on. And uh, that, I, that I started to talk more specifically about it in the Labour Party. But I would say that when I tend to talk about it, most time I talk about the left yeah. rather than the Labour Party because there's loads and loads and loads of, of this going on, nothing to do with yes. the British Labour Party. It's a global phenomenon yes. and it infects that part of it, that sort of confusion between... Uh, anti-Semitism and what they see as you know, what, what people call the socialism of fools, which is a, a sort of fighting the man, fighting banking, fighting, fighting global power. Mm-hmm. That's the left. That isn't just the British Labour Party mm-hmm. at all. You know that that mural. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wrote a piece in Sunday Times about yes, this. I uh, well, the key the key thing with that mural, the key element of that mural, is Mir One, the artist, when he had to take it down and when he was supported uh, by Jeremy Corbyn, who said, I don't see why you have to do this, the key thing he said was some old white Jewish folk got upset by it. And the key word in that is white, right? Because 
what he's doing by deliberately saying white is he's positioning Jews as on top of the privileged tree. If he'd left out the word white, it suddenly isn't as privileged. And it's a deliberate way of saying that Jews operate from a position of privilege. And here's the key thing about that. Jews are not white. Yeah. Jews, no Jew feels white. Not a single Jew. You know, in, and white means a specific thing. It doesn't mean colour. It means safety. It means safety and security, and it means that the mainstream culture is never going to turn on you. And obviously that is not true of Jews. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're brilliant because you get you don't um, get emotional and you engage, but you do it in a very funny way. Was that a conscious decision that you would deal with your trolls with humour? Yeah, I mean, that's the key thing for me. I mean, not that I've always managed to do it, and sometimes I have slightly lost control emotionally with some of the staff, and sometimes I've not been funny enough. But my basic position from the word go, and beyond the racist stuff, just people slagging me off, is... These are hecklers, essentially. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a comedian. Yeah. These are hecklers. I've made a joke. They're telling me it's a shit joke. If I was in a club, I would think of something funny to say, and I would repeat what they've said and then take the piss. And I talk about this in the show as well. Heckle put-downs are like improvisation. Uh, and as you'll know, as a very great actress, that improvisation is about yes and, mm-hmm. right? Uh, or yes but, actually, in, in terms of a heckle put-down. And so what you do with a heckle put-down is you don't tend to say, oh, I'm so angry with you and how dare you say that, whatever you say. Yeah, that's interesting. And then you disarm them and you fuck them up, yeah? And I can remember that happening in a club the first time I ever did that. I can remember that. I was in the comedy store in about 1989. I did a, some joke about sex because my set was always entirely about sex and some drunk bloke shouted out it's better from behind and I said yes a bit like your face right? <laughs> which is not a brilliant heckle put down but it's, you know, it's not bad but most importantly it's yes but it's not saying, oh, how, you know, don't fuck up my joke, whatever. Yeah. It's saying, oh, yeah, I accept what you say, and now I've made you look stupid on the top of it. And that's what I do with trolls. And does oh, that my, work my, on Twitter? The same uh, way almost the totally works. I've no, I mean, we'll, we'll deal with this. Well, uh, let me just park a thought there, which is recently people have been telling me I'm not allowed to quote tweet to people or subtweet to people. That's how it works for me, is that I have to quote what they've said, mm-hmm. and then over the top of it I will say something that takes the piss out of them. And it does work because that response, you know, I mean, I got something the other day. I mean, they're not even that clever sometimes. Sometimes they are literally just sort of responses. So 
someone was telling me the other day when I got into some recent spat with the left. This was the Winston Churchill spat I was in recently. Oh, yes, yes. Someone said to, to you might want to look at the British entry of Jews to Palestine, blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, you might want to fuck off. Right? <laughs> and, and, and that got loads and loads and loads of likes and retweets. And straightforwardly, that means it's worked as a heckle put down. People aren't liking it and retweeting it for any other reason than it's made them laugh. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. that is why I do it. And... I would be honest with you that I think a difference between, not that you're, you're not funny, but a difference between you and Rachel and a couple of other people who have started to speak out brilliantly. And Eddie, about, Marzan, Yeah, about anti-Semitism is, uh, is that I totally prefer, for me, it's partly because I am a comedian, mm. keeping it funny if I can. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm happy to leave it mm. to you and other people to be more straightforwardly... I'm not having this. You really inspired me to be on Twitter because I could see how much abuse and trolling you were getting and it, ne it, it was like Teflon. Mm. You just batted it away, batted it away. Does it impact in any way on your life? Well, I, I don't refer to it one more time, but I'm going to have to... I mean, all this is in my show and one of the things it, that I thought it was important to do in my show uh, was to say, at what point does this become not good for your mental health? Because... I am I'm a strong person and I have had many years doing stand-up comedy. And one thing stand-up comedy will do for you is thicken your skin mm. because it just means that you have to deal with some people in every audience, even when you're quite, you know, doing Wembley Arena and they've they all come to see you or whatever it might be. There'll always be someone who you think, oh, they're not enjoying it. And then occasionally there'll be people who really obviously aren't enjoying it and they're telling you your shit and you have to deal with that. Mm. And in any normal circumstance, that can be in incredibly debilitating. You know, people aren't used to mm. doing their job and someone just telling them their shit. But mm. somehow as a comedian, you do have to get used to that. And that's psychologically very toughening. So I think when it started to happen, this is definitely the case, I, and I, or if I'm in a big spat, which I seem to get into quite a lot, uh, and there's people being really horrible, the basic psychological mechanism is a moment of hurt, mm. a moment of, oh, that's horrible, and then how can I turn it into material? And the <laughs> how can I can turn it into material is unbelievably healing. Because within seconds, I don't care about the hurt. In fact, I'm quite pleased. If I can think of something funny, I think, brilliant, brilliant. That's absolutely, I'm not thinking about my ego or my pride or whatever anymore. I'm just thinking, I can't wait to get this out. But I then sometimes think about what's the psychic cost of doing that at a high level, which I sometimes do, where it's sometimes like, 10 or 11 in a row or whatever and I use this particular one to which I didn't have a funny response or I, I did a semi-serious response to this which was someone just writing uh, every time I see at Badil it's always very interesting that they've put at Badil because I never sure well, but it. I never look for my name on yeah. Twitter and I would never go looking for my name like some people do you know, whatever. If some people want to slag me off without me knowing, that is totally fine as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but if someone puts at Badil, they want me to know. So this guy put, he's called at Lou Bakered. Uh, he said, if I say at Badil, I think two things. One, he's a shit comedian. Two, he's a shit human being. <gasps> and I, I retweeted that and I put a serious response to it, which is I said, I showed this to Morwenna and said that he'd said I was a shit comedian and a shit human being. She said, why? And then I put more when it doesn't really get Twitter. And I thought that was important for me because I wanted to sort of say, for someone who's not mm. on this site and who's an incredibly lovely person, you'll know my wife is like the nicest, mm -hmm. most empathetic person in the world. 
I wanted to drop of normality in all this stuff. Like, she would just think, like, why on earth would someone write that to somebody who they don't know and who is not in any way, you know, doing bad things to them? It's so weird mm -hmm. that you might... And I, I wanted to say, actually, it's not normal. I, it's I, not normal. No. You, can, you can get lulled into a thing as someone who spends a lot of time batting it off yeah. into thinking, oh, this is normal, all these people saying these horrible things about me. It's not normal, and you need to count the psychic cost. Everything that I've noticed I've been accused of and smeared with is uh, often a complete projection of who that person is yeah. who's tweeting that to me yeah. or, and, and their politics. Do you... Um, Another quick jump. Do you end up having a relationship with certain trolls? Have you ended up sort of forming? And uh, there's a couple that I tweet regularly, but who have become almost like you know those paparazzi that hang outside your house. <laughs> and you end up inviting him for a cup of coffee. Um, well, I yes and no. Uh, I mean, I certainly recognise certain ones coming back at me. Although I I also tend to mute them after. My basic rule of thumb is. I'll put them down once, mm. then I'll mute them. Uh, partly because I don't want them coming back with their stupid bollocks. Art. The, the rules are, as far as I'm concerned, and this is the same with hecklers. Yeah. If a heckler is put down and you get a big laugh off the heckler, if they keep going, then eventually you call security and get them removed because the rules are... I've won. <laughs> you fucking <laughs> shut up now. Yeah. And but on Twitter, yes, they keep going, and I tend to mute them. Do you block in that or case, mute, them? I mute mainly because, mm. as we know, they get a hard on from oh, being blocked. Yes. And I, I don't. I don't want them to get the blocked hard on. Really, um, <laughs> uh, I don't want the screenshot of them to their stupid mates. You know, of like, oh, Badil's blocked me because whatever. Um, but occasionally, I get into conversations because I think I'm just interested in what happens here. So the, I don't want to give away everything too much, but there was a very funny thing that happened. So this is a right-wing thing. So let's not forget. Let's not forget. Let's really not forget with all that stuff about the left. It's all over the right as well, yes. like horribleness yes. and whatever. And uh, so this was not... It's just that I don't particularly care about the right. It's the left that is my home party. Of so course. I know that, right, of no, course. of course. And we both get, and you get probably more, people saying, oh, why aren't you saying this about the Conservatives? Yeah. And your point correctly is... I expect them to be horrible. Mm. Um, but, but yes, you're completely But right. I, I will react, because I think of myself as no wing, by the way. Yes. I mean, I've voted Labour all my life, but I really think of myself as no wing now. I don't think of myself as left wing, right wing. I try and think about each individual social issue originally, as originally as I can, mm -hmm. without imposing a, well, I'm left wing, so yeah. I think about it like this. So if I say something and some right wing people say, I'm going to go at me, then, you know, yeah, I will deal with them, with them with trolls in the same way. So I did this joke about um, Chris Williamson. Is that his name? Yes. Not Chris Williamson. No, no, he's the he's Labour guy. Uh, Gavin Williamson. Oh, Gavin Williamson. The, uh, I did this joke about him when he got um, Defence Secretary. I, I just a picture of him. I said, and uh, the Tories seem to have an endless supply of men now who, if push came to shove, could play minor royal in the Crown, right? <laughs> and Nick <laughs> Timothy, Nick Timothy, who is used to be Theresa May's aide, she was her, her main aide in the last election, retweeted that and did something very deliberate. He said he went to a comprehensive, and then Bradford University, or Scarborough University, something like that. Um, I know it's less funny, but it's true. And I thought, I wasn't saying anything about his background, was I? No. Matt Smith is in the crown yeah. and is working class, so that's irrelevant. But what you're doing, because he's got loads of followers of in that silo, is you're whipping up your followers to believe that I must be saying something sneering and liberal and elitist about Gavin Williamson because that confirms the prejudices of your tribe and it's important to you to keep that going. And yes, immediately, I get all these right-wing people 
in the modern right-wing way, saying, accusing me of snobbery and elitism and sort of liberal patronising, blah, blah, blah. It's and ironic well, it, well, the right. Yeah, well, it's incredible, but loads and loads of this. And then one bloke, and this is to answer your question about a relationship, saying, because it had all been about me being sneering, this sort of sneering thing, said, I saw you sneering once to my friend on a TV show. He wasn't even a celeb or anything. And I said, who? And it was interesting because the last <laughs> thing he was expecting clearly was a normal question. So he, it's like a little bit goes by and he went, my friend Howard, on, right? And I said, yeah, what, what was the show? Right? And he went, oh, I'll have to remember. Right? So then he goes away for 20 minutes, comes back with Jamie Theakston's The Priory. Right? <laughs> and I said, and what happened? Right? Because I can't remember it at all. And then eventually, after like two hours, I imagine him searching through old VHSs. He says, I've had a look and actually I think I was a bit oversensitive <laughs> about what you said to my friend and I put the whole thing on Twitter as it's like a slightly overclimactic but rather beautiful uh, anticlimactic but rather beautiful one act play beautiful. right because it was but I thought like that thing of actually engaging yeah. and one thing I think we, which I don't know how much you think this is happening and I don't know either but I feel it is uh, is how much of these people are basically Putin control mm. bots and by bots I don't really mean the algorithmic things whereby just anything to do with Brexit is retweeted by a machine. I mean, the other type of bots, oh, yeah, which no, are definitely. people paid in troll farms in St. Petersburg to look like they live in Lincoln yeah. and say all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, because they completely definitely exist, and I've had engagements with them definitely. where I think, well, um, clearly you are not who you yeah. say you are. And there's a really weird thing going on. I mean, a fascinating thing going on, creepy though it is, whereby in the list of things that Putin wants to use to destabilise the West is anti-Semitism. Yeah. That's in there. It's like, okay, well, that works quite well because it makes people think there is an elite controlling them. I want them to think that because mm -hmm. that inspires discontent and Brexit and all the rest of it. And it's a kind of almost brilliantly mm -hmm. clever like Nazi philosophy idea. But then I equally get the Russian troll farm, bot, you know, people back, sort of also inflaming the kind of like, I support the, you know, like with their one follower, they'll sell something equally inflammatory about the Corbyn things. Right. They just want to sell, yeah, just yeah, want yeah, to discontent. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, someone said to me the other day, uh, David Patriarchos. No. Have you not spoken to him? No, who he? Oh, you don't know him? I'm no. surprised. David uh, Patriarchos. Yeah, David Patriarchos. He's a writer... Jewish, though he sounds Greek. I think he's Jewish and Greek. Um, in fact, I spoke to him. He was in Athens. He's writing a piece for the tablet, which is... The other thing about the tablet is Frank Skinner, who was a Catholic, a devout Catholic, mm. when I lived with him, he used to get the tablet. Oh. And I think it's the Catholic... Uh, sort of newsletter. Squawk box. It's, no, it's not really the Catholic squawk. Well, it probably is, although it's very unfair to the tablet, which I think <laughs> is a very august journal that investigates things like the Vatican says, and it's a theological journal. But he's writing a piece... I'm going to say for the Jewish tablet, but it can't be. I think it just is the tablet about anti-Semitism. Uh, and he told me this thing, which, again, I didn't really know about that, because he, he also does a lot of uh, analysis mm -hmm. of social media. He said one thing that he tracked was a particular tweeter, a Russian bot, but pretending to be someone else, who tweeted just virulent anti-Semitism, virulent anti-Semitism, virulent anti-Semitism until two weeks before the Brexit vote. And then having amassed like 20,000 followers based on anti-Semitism suddenly went full out vote Brexit. And I thought that's fascinating, isn't it? 
That's like yeah. the bait is anti-Semitism yeah. and the reward is that political victory. Yeah, you're right. It's so, so in a season, I, I think those of us who, who have had a voice, I think, do get targeted because I remember, I will probably cut this out, but Louise Mensch tweeting me and going, OK, you've impacted, just to let you know. And I thought, you were paranoid, you're mad. She so went, you're, what was she saying? She said, you've impacted. It was around the time of the ever spraying, the, the ever thingy being invited to the Labour Party conference under Momentum when she spray-painted the oh, yes, Warsaw Ghetto yeah, 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 yeah. War. And that really seemed to make an impact and that was all on news and everything. And she, I remember her tweeting me and saying, you've, you've impacted, or she texted me and said, you've impacted, you, the, the, the troll farms are now very aware of you, just watch your back because you're going to end up with a lot of horrible traffic coming your way mm. from the nine-numbered... You know, yeah, well, I mean, I get loads of them. You, I mean, you've had I, it for I, a long I, time. I get loads of them and particular subjects will bring them up. I mean, I, again, often nothing to do with Jews, but I, I did, like, the most innocuous joke funny a caption joke Nicola Sturgeon there was a picture of her uh, in front of various sort of rather grim looking SNP people but she was right at the front and they were all looking really grim and I said breaking Lulu unhappy with backing singers right I mean, <laughs> I I mean it's, yeah so it got loads and loads of retweets it's a funny caption gag it was a funny but then it inspired the ire of the Scottish nationalists and someone did say to me while all that was going on you have to remember that political batshittery on here began with Scottish independence and I think they might have a point there but there is another thing there which is that some of that is definitely Putin because if anyone wants the fucking breakup of the union mm -hmm. it's Putin because he just wants the breakup of any European held you know, coalition of nations because it all just makes it easier for him to invade Ukraine mm -hmm. and yeah. so and it was weird because I thought I cannot possibly be inspiring this level of anger from Scottish nationalists because I made a joke essentially about Nicola Sturgeon looking like Lulu who is an attractive woman yeah. and I'm not saying anything about Nicola Sturgeon there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's a very attractive woman yeah do you ever have breaks from Twitter? Do you ever think, oh, fuck this, I can't well, be asked anymore? that's a very good question because I would say the main issue for me and Twitter is not really, oh, my God, there's so much anti-Semitism or, oh, my God, you know, there's so much hate on it, which obviously is important, but it's just it's too addictive. Yeah. You know, it's dangerously addictive. I mean, even with it being horrible, yeah. in, in a way... <laughs> well, yeah, in a way, yeah, when it gets really horrible, yeah. you kind of, like, find yourself more drawn into it because you if you think, oh no, I can do another joke or I can fix this in mm. some way, I can fix it with comedy or I can fix it with argument or whatever which you can't a lot of the time, I mean, you know, I get into actual big spats, mm. as you probably know I've had one with Owen Jones recently or there'll be other people like that big sort of people with big followings Nick Timothy, if it might be on the other side of the fence and then you know, it's a weird thing where Twitter is not conversation, is it? It's yeah. public statement. So you have this weird thing where you're having a conversation, but both of you are aware that, or multi-people are aware, that really it's the audience that you're talking to. And that doesn't service proper conversation. It doesn't service the nuances of truth. Because everyone's trying to win because they want the audience out there to feel that they've you know, done that. And, and the thing that happened with Owen recently, which again wasn't really to do with race but has a, probably an element of it because we've been talking about rushes I said this thing about how I thought it was kind of amazing there was a news story about some aide of Putin his wife owns 10 billion pounds or euros worth of property so I said it's kind of weird that the left still have a, has a residual sympathy 
with Russia, considering that now it's a kind of out-of-control capitalist state, which it is. You know, it's, it's, totally. I mean, it's a totally out-of-control capital. It's what happens when capitalism completely goes mental. Yeah. Um, and Owen Jones started saying, I'm on the left and I don't, I'm not pro-Russia. I've written those articles attacking Putin. So I then made the mistake of saying, instead of just saying, well, I should just have said some members of the left, I said, well, you know, there's Galloway, there's, there's Corbyn, there's Seamus Mill. And he focused on Corbyn and started saying, I suppose you know that Jeremy Corbyn went on a sort of Chechnya, anti-Putin Chechnya march, blah, blah, blah. So of course I don't know. I hardly leave the house, right? And <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But then it led to, what it led to was loads of his people all wanting to say, you were owned, but deal, just admit it, right? You, one nil, blah, blah. And I said, well, no, I, I think what this is is a, is a debate about how much the left still has sympathy with Russia, which obviously there is no answer definite to that. Some would say that some, some of them do and others don't. Well, it's a nuanced debate, isn't it? How much do the left still have sympathy yeah. with the present Russian state? Yeah. But they couldn't have that. Yeah. It was like you have to eat shit, yeah. admit you've been owed, yeah. admit defeat. And truth does not lie. Yeah. In that idea, and it's that like with Venezuela as well, isn't it? And Maduro, they just can't have the debate either. Yeah. What's the worst smear that you've ever read about yourself to try and silence you on Twitter? Well, the, the best, <laughs> the best one I do to wear this in my show, my absolute fave. Uh, although it does have have truth, but it's, I know what it stemmed from is. I kicked up, I do kick up the odd hornet's nest on Twitter, and sometimes it's the left, sometimes it's the right, sometimes it's just a weird one. Uh, and the weird one I kicked up, and I ha actually have been thinking about doing this for a while, because it happens periodically, are the Madeleine McCann trolls. So, oh, so yeah. every so often, and you know, we, we should talk about this, I think, because this is about Twitter, uh, if you want to see humanity at its absolute worst, Worse than anything we've talked about so far. I totally agree. Click on the words Madden McCann when it's trending on Twitter, which it does periodically. So anything that happens with like more money given to the search for her or they're just restarting the search or recently when that footballer tragically went missing, her name was trending because people were saying, oh, they've called off the search for that footballer what yeah but Madeleine McCann they keep going for her because it's all a conspiracy and because they're middle class or blah 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 so it's extraordinary yeah. if you click on the words Madeleine McCann on Twitter when they trend and I would say they trend every couple of months yeah. you won't find one I would say uh, that, that is sympathetic to a couple of parents who lost their child in the most horrific way possible you won't I, find I, one totally right. thing right so anyway I said this on Twitter and the the Madeleine McCann trolls mobilised against me and started saying, I was saying that for all sorts of reasons, like tried to sell tickets for my show and blah, blah, blah. And then one of them started to say, to dig up some dirt about me. It's quite hard to dig up dirt about me because I am incredibly open about all the stuff I have ever done. So I talk about being obsessed with pornography or I talk about, you know, just everything that's ever happened in my life, including all the bad stuff. I talk about, about depression. I talk about my dad having dementia. You know, nothing negative in my life is not food for me to talk about in comedy. So it's quite hard. So one person said something like, oh, he used to be in a double act, but now his mate is, is a DJ on Absolute Radio, right? Which Frank does a show on Absolute Radio. And I think that was meant to be whatever. But so that it was wrong. It was wrong because she said she. This person said Absolute Eighties. Frank Frank has a show on Absolute. But then the next person replying to that said of me, he has always struggled with his sexuality and effectively caused the suicide of Dale Winton, who loved him but couldn't convince him to leave his wife. 
and, and I say in my show, in my show, how did I miss that? How did I miss Dale coming coming round to my house and saying, Morwenna, let him go. Just let him go. He clearly wants to be with me. So, David, you're always busy and uh, you always are doing a million things. You're a true Renaissance man. Tell me, uh, when. What, tell us when the show, your show, Charles. Well, uh, at the moment, I'll be doing some more work in progress uh, gigs for it, probably in March and April in London. Um, and there is talk of a tour of it early next year. So the tickets will go on sale quite soon. If it's anything like uh, My Family, Not the Sitcom, I am so excited to see it. It is a bit like it, except more about this and less about my family. <laughs> You're a very great human being. Thank you so much, so are you. <laughs> great Big Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.